Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. This week, Danny and Dusty think everything's super. Oh, it's huge. Absolute youth. This is Danny and Dusty on Super Week. Injured? Don't trust just anyone to something so personal. Call George McCoy at Warren Allen. Online at warrenallen.com. Danny and Dusty on 1080. Uncle Uncle burning crap. Big butts got The Fan. Good afternoon! Hey, happy Thursday, everybody. It is Super Week, but as Jeff Rust kicked off his Sports Center update, the trade deadline expired. And the Blazers made a move. Uh, we'll get With to this. Ten seconds remaining. We'll get to this very quickly, and then we'll revisit it at 12.15, because it's the move of the day, folks. Biggest move in basketball. Wah, 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 wah. The Portland Trailblazers have dealt... A heavily protected second-round pick, (laughs) which should tell you the value of the player in return, for Delano Banton, a six-foot-eight guard. He's not out of Nebraska. He's not six-three. He comes uh, via the Boston Celtics, where he was averaging a sultry two point three points per game on seven minutes per game. Shooting 12.5% from three and 37% from the field. Uh, yeah, he's not 6'3. He's 6'8. And that's a Blazers trade deadline. There you go. Like, very seldomly, Danny, is there an NBA move, especially one involving the Portland Trail Blazers, where you have no real knowledge or opinion on the player. I mean, I know he has played for the Raptors and Celtics, but beyond that, it, it, I knew he's a bigger guard. But I'm looking at this You as... should not know who Delano, oh, well, I'm a Delano Banton is. I'm a sicko. Uh, this does get them up to their required uh, level of players. Oh. Okay, so basically, and that's the Blazers trade deadline. I would imagine this the the pick that they traded is probably very similar to the pick that they traded for Maurice Harkless years ago, which is a top fifty five protected second round pick, which is the least that you can send for somebody. It is the equivalent of a used ball rack. Okay, uh, it is just to get a transaction done. Getting transactions done It is a pick that may may never convey. Okay, well, how about this? How many wins do they project with Banton with at Banton the four? four? Yeah. Probably, uh, what are they at right now? 15? <laughs> Probably 15. <laughs> all right. Well, hey. And they, they basically took a flyer. This All this is is a flyer on a guy. Why not? Which You got a roster spot. This is what you should be doing. Go ahead. Take it, flyers on guys and see what happens. Hopefully he shoots better than 12% from three. Indeed. Hopefully. All right. Um, outside of that. We got a, a ton. Coming up today, we have a ton of NBA trade deadline news because there were a lot of moves, mostly around the margins. We'll discuss those. Uh, there are a couple teams that did 
bolster their rosters. Damian Lillard uh, has a familiar foe who is now a teammate of his. I'm going to love to see Pat Beverly and Damian Lillard uh, paired up on the same I've got to grab the, the sound and send it to Russ so we can play it later. But Pat Bev has already addressed uh, on his podcast. He went live like after he got traded because okay. he did not expect to get traded. He tweeted out, cold world. He never does. Yeah, it's true. He never does. But uh, he, he said he needs to get his relationship with Dame right. But he's only played for 17 teams or so, so far, right? He's he, The <laughs> list is long. Oof. It ain't a short one. Look, I hate Pat Jim Bev. Jackson's like, boy, he's played on a lot of teams. Right? <laughs> Steve Smith. Steve Smith played for a lot of teams. How many did Steve Smith play for? Go ahead. Well, decent amount. The, the I believe the record is Ish. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ish Smith, I think, is at 16. <laughs> Ish, and, and, and the thing is, you won't find a single person in the NBA to say a single bad thing about Ish. Well, yeah, it's like the nicest guy that has ever played. In it's the like league. a six teams for old Steve Smith there. Oh, hey, that's look a fair amount that. of teams. That's a good, that's Atlanta, a good... Miami, Portland, San Antonio, New Orleans Hornets, and well, Charlotte. Okay, so five teams, I guess. Okay, so I was right. It's at sixteen. Look at, for Dusty. You can see all of the jerseys. That's beautiful on Basketball Reference for the teams that he has played for. It is. He's played for. More than half the league. That would be one hell of a a run. Like, just think of that. Like, you know, you never think of how many teams he's played for. He's been in the league since 2010. Ish Smith. So 14 years. He has and played he's played on 16 teams. 16 teams. You think about setting down roots or getting comfortable somewhere? Mm-hmm. Nope. nope. Because he's been sent all over too. Houston, Memphis, Golden State, Orlando, Milwaukee, Phoenix, Oklahoma City, Philadelphia, uh, New, New Orleans, Orleans, Detroit, Detroit Washington, Washington Charlotte. Sh- Char- uh, yep, Charlotte, and Denver, and then back to Charlotte. He's been back what to Charlotte a trip. twice. And also, what uh, a trip. 12 teams for Blazer legend, uh, legend Jim Jackson. Yeah. All right, the, Jim the, Jackson. The best-dressed man in basketball. Ish Smith. You know, his nickname should be Trade Bait. I think that if you play for if you play for 16 teams, your nickname should be Trade Bait. What's funny is under the basketball reference nicknames, Ish is his listed nickname. I would Even I would say, Ish yeah. Ish is his listed he, name. Well, it's Ishmael, I but know, he goes by Ish. I'm just saying, the, the, the actual listed name yeah. for him is Ish. And then, and then his nickname, nickname is Ish. Ish. Well, whatever. He's trade bait ish. That's good. My Ooh. name is Jeff. People call me Jeff. <laughs> my name is Jeff. It's my nickname. Jeffish. <laughs> Jeffish sounds like something that you catch in a swamp. Uh yeah. No. Yeah, we're going out there receiving catch some Jeffish. I was thinking that it's like a derogatory term. <laughs> he's kind of Jeff. He's kind of Jeffish. That you know? works too. I mean. Hmm. Can't trust that guy. He's a little Jeffish. Well, screw you guys. I'm going out. Says the guy wearing a shirt that's quite literally across your chest says, I'm just here to embarrass my wife. Yes. I mean, <laughs> kind of fits. Uh, kind of fits. Mandy probably is saying, Yeah, it's a little Jeffish today. <laughs> It'll happen. Trade deadline day. Also, Super Bowl week. We've got a lot that we've got to get to uh, regarding the Super Bowl. Today is our Propapalooza. So many props. If you got great prop bets that you want in on, text us. The Vancouver Ford text line, 503-864-6326. Your dollar goes further at Vancouver Ford. They treat you right before, during, and after the sale. Visit them online at VancouverFord.com. I got a couple fun ones, but then I I got a couple that are money makers for you. If you Ooh. feel strongly on one side or the other, we can do this. We I can like do it. this. I like it. Yeah, because the, the props, props are always fun. It's one of the great things that... 
uh, about the Super Bowl is that they just inundate you with uh, prop bets. And I'm here for all of it. I'm here for all of it. Did you see that it's up 6% the expected viewership of this Super Bowl between uh, for folks between 18 and 34 years old the in the United States of America that, because the, of the Taylor Swift yeah. factor? Yeah. That's that's insane. But they, that's like, And that is why. It was like, why is the NFL leaning into us? That. That's why. Because they have measurables from their regular season games. What games Taylor Swift was at that they can they can quite literally sell, yeah, and they did, yeah. A seven percent increase is insane, yeah. Well, it's it's uh it's six percent for oh, 6%. 18, 18 to thirty four year olds, but that um, which which is the demo that they cherish the most, yeah. But forty one percent of eighteen to thirty one year eighteen to thirty four year olds say the presence of Taylor Swift is influencing their decision. To watch the Super Bowl, forty-one percent say it's either them or somebody in their house. So it's like if they were to ask me that question, I'd be like, "Yeah, my daughter, she's going to watch that Super Bowl." Even though I don't fit that demographic anymore, but it'd be like, "My, yeah, my daughter's," and she is. She was hooked on opening night because they had like a Taylor Swift, you know, questions package that they they rolled out there, and she was like, "You know, that's that is the and this is why the the NFL is king, and it is." uh, 7% 7% of people 55 and older are saying they're influenced by Taylor Swift mm. in, in, in her involvement in the game. That is quite the disparity, or discrepancy there. 41% of mm. people 18 to 34, just 7% of the 55s. She's not for the olds. No, but she's the not fact for that the she's olds. bringing in any. That's huge. And, like, and that's huge. the thing is that she's, she's the... I hate saying globally because it's hard to measure this stuff, but I think if you threw it up against the wall, it probably sticks. She's probably the most influential person in marketing right now. Yes. Yeah. Like there might be a K pop band based on like raw numbers, but Swift globally, her reach is probably the best. They're saying uh, this year's Super Bowl. 52% of all Americans will be watching Super Bowl 58. So that's 165 million. That is up from 40 47% last year, 46% in 2022 and 2021. It's a big jump. It's a big jump. But there this also is before Taylor Swift started dating Travis Kelsey, mm-hmm. what were we hearing like in September? Numbers are Back to pre-pandemic, yeah. they're through the roof. All of those people that said, "I'm never watching football again" because of sports the and, national anthem protest, yeah. they're back yeah. now. Those people are all angry about, "I'm not watching because of Taylor Swift on the screen." Yeah, you are. You are. You're still going to watch, and you will come back because you love football. Yes, and it's not back. just that. There, there, there has been some restoration in that, and you're seeing, weirdly enough, a reinvestment by media companies back into sports again. The, that fear seems to have lifted, and you're seeing Fox, ESPN, Warner Brothers, Amazon, Apple, all everyone starting to put money back into this, and I, I think they kind of go hand in hand. Yeah, I just think people like football too, and re- I mean, a lot of that is though the fears of going into a full-on recession are now subsiding, yeah. and that's where money's starting to it's, come it's, back. I mean, in. yeah, you're, you're, I mean, you're that is, out of that. That's, that's, that's a huge part of it, and live sports are really, in king. live programming, they're the only ways that you get people to watch, but live sports are king. 
And that's why I think you're going to start seeing the same thing for the NBA, which is great because they're in a new TV in negotiations for a new TV deal. And it's a what's good for the goose is good for the game. That's when right. About, when you're talking about TV deals. And we have our new cable. The yeah. <laughs> the bundle that has been introduced the this week. Silicon Valley discovered cable. Congratulations. Uh, we have a question on the Vancouver Ford tech sign. Mm. What is Ish Smith's career earnings? Ish Smith has made $45,206,480. I would move that much for that much money as well. I yeah. would do that. I would do that. Yeah. That'd be worth it I've, for me. I've, done, I've moved a lot more for a lot less. Yeah. A whole lot less. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Well, I would, I would, I would move and play for all of those teams for that amount of money. And he doesn't really even play that much. No, he doesn't. That's a good living, right? But here's the thing about that: thirty-five years old, mm-hmm. career averages for Ish Smith. Let's uh, let's look at his career averages. Not a ton. Also, body not beat up. <laughs> well, because you have to play minutes. for Yeah. That. Career averages for Ish Smith. Oh boy. I hate when basketball reference does this because then you have to go, you have to do all this crap where just give me the average. They don't give me, they just give me totals. Um, what are his points per game? Can you find that? Can you find that for, for me real quick? Yeah. Yeah. Give me yeah. one sec. All I got is his total points here. And you have to go through is per 100 possessions, per 36 uh, minutes. Ish, all I want is his points per game. Ish points per game is 7.1. Seven points per game. Seven points for assists. Averaging. 32.5% shooting from three and 43% from the field in his career. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it's a great living if you can find it. Hells yeah, it is. That's a gr- that's an awesome living. Go ahead and do it. But that goes back to if you are likable. It, pay- it pays to be likable, man. If you're likable and you can fit in in a locker room, mm-hmm. seven points, 3.8 assists, 0.7 steals, uh, Poor shooting. Two rebounds and in, in sub Mendoza line shooting, mm-hmm. you can stick around and play for sixteen if, teams in the NBA. But if you can run an offense and, and you everybody can, likes you, you could be tradish. Great, <laughs> you can it's be a, tradish. Look, it's a it's a great spot to be, man. <laughs> Somebody's got to fill that hole. <laughs> One paying attention, I'll make sure he gets it. It's twelve fifteen on the dot. All right. Uh, Let's get to it. Where we uh, started this show is where we got to jump right in. The NBA's trade deadline has come and gone. A lot of activity, but not so much in Rip City. One move made. Get your Banton jerseys ready. Mm. Danny and Dusty on the fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Super Week edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by George McCoy at WarrenAllen.com. On 1080 The Fan. Let's Scooby Doo this thing. We're going to go on the way back. Remember Joe Cronin last year. Mm. 
you won't see from this group uh, a lack of trying or a lack of innovation or a lack of creativity. We're going to be ridiculously aggressive to the point where once we push our chips all the way in, like deal to deal, you might look and say, wow, they lost that deal. They gave a lot for that guy. But no, that's just us pushing our chips in. We feel extremely obligated to put uh, a great roster around Damian Lillard. And when I say we, that's from the top. Jody and I have had a lot of conversations about how important it is for us to do right by Damian. Well, he's gone, and uh, the Blazers' big aggressive move is Delano Banton. Yeah, this is just a move to get to 14. Oh, yeah, you need to have 14 uh, guys have 14 on your guys. roster. Yes, so... Um, <laughs> They floated the ten days with Taze Moore, so okay. now that they're they're at fourteen, the the question I think that uh, at least I had going into this was would they get out of the deadline with thirteen, and if so, who would they convert from their two way guys? Would would Baji be converted? Would uh, Reith be converted? And I think the Blazers, if not both, will convert probably one between now and the end of the year, perhaps. Uh, but I would imagine this summer, one of them is 100% going to get a full NBA deal, for sure. Got to do it. Is it going to be the 27-year-old rookie or... 28-year-old. 28-year-old no, rookie? Wop is 28 now. <laughs> Look, for what it's worth, <laughs> Wop is just a good backup big. Like, he yeah. just he just is. And I don't think he's going to have a shortage of suitors this summer. Uh, so it's it's going to be interesting to kind of see if the Blazers are able to convert him now and kind of keep him in house, or have to kind of fight to retain his services. Uh, Ashton Hagens has been signed to a ten day contract as well. There you go, by the Blazers. I would imagine he's a, he's a remix guy. I would imagine they're doing that to float some bodies uh, at the guard spot uh, because they'd already signed Taze Moore. They didn't want to do it again. Um, because of Shaden Sharp's injury. It's, I, a, it's a break glass in case of emergency ball handler. I feel like the way this happened was they were getting nearing the deadline. Cronin was like, we need to get to 14. We're not really comfortable with the, converting those two ways, like you said right mm-hmm. now. He called Brad Stevens like, dude, I gave you Drew Holiday. You're <laughs> the best team in the East. I need a player. It's also probably... I, and I, I need Bant- to look at, at- Banton isn't getting minutes. He won't get minutes in Boston, and so you send a heavily protected second-round pick, which is 55 or worse. So you called it the Mo Harkless special, and I love that. That's what Mo Harkless was traded for. That's it. That's, a, that, 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 that's what the Blazers traded to the Orlando Magic to get him uh, in, was that, 2015, 2016? And I what here's the, the bigger picture here and what the Portland Trail Blazers did, I think, is it, it needs to be discussed because – Blanton or Banton is not going to be a guy that he doesn't blow anybody's hair back. He's not going to be a difference maker on this team or take them to a a height that the Blazers aren't aren't expecting to get to this season anyways. That's what we should have expected at the deadline. Moves along the margins, moves along the periphery because was there anybody traded today? That chain would change the future of the Portland Trailblazers moving forward. No, I, and I mean that's across the league. Whether you want to say Buddy Heald, but what do you PJ want? Washington? You want, if you squint, if you squint, maybe maybe do, are you going to go get trade Daniel Gafford for Daniel Gafford to have a backup center who's been starting somewhere else? Yeah. No, again, I mean, Gafford, a player that I like, but he's is, he's is a he, good player, but you've got DeAndre Ayton, he's a starting center. They you've need got, front court help. You've got WAP. You've got Baji. Like. I, 
look, is Gafford better than those guys? Yes. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. But yes, he is. The money situation, fit situation, like what she would have to give up to make something work there and stay under the tax. And people say, well, you, why you have to be under the tax to spend money? It's like, look, the, rea- the reality of this is this is not a unique to Portland situation. If you're a rebuilding team, if you're a retooling team and you are in the tax, you are being dumb. <laughs> yes. It's, it's not even like a money situation. It's you're limiting the things that you can do transactionally. And if you're going to do that, that's, that's operational malfeasance, which, my God, the Detroit Pistons are. Yes, they are. The Pistons are a complete S show. And we'll talk about them as we kind of progress through this. But as as far as the Blazers go, I well, I was surprised they made a transaction. But it was only to get the 14th player on the roster. A and, flyer on a six foot eight guard. Again, prioritizing gave, some size and, and taking a flyer on somebody. You're still under the because they, they don't want to say they were like five million under under the, the tax threshold and his guarantee for the rest of the year is I think two. So they don't mess anything with that. It honestly it probably saves Boston a crap ton of money. It probably saves them ten ten ish million dollars, eight eight to ten million dollars, because they're way above the tax threshold after they went and made the moves for uh, Porzingis and Drew Holiday. But we let if we're being honest with ourselves and with the Blazers, all right, let's look at the let's look at the guys that that were dealt uh, the, at the deadline. The biggest said, names that were dealt. Well, you, well you did that would help Portland. I I think you said PJ Washington that yep. would be a guy that you go 25 years old, he's got 3 years remaining on his deal. I think that that sure that would have been it, uh, but they also gave up uh, Grant Williams, Seth Curry, and a 2027 first round pick. The, the, that first round pick is the probably the, that pick is probably the most valuable thing that changed hands this deadline. And why would you give up that for a guy who's got three years and you're not in a win now window? Yeah. Look at what Dallas Dallas has: Kyrie Irving, Luka Doncic. They need to win and they need to win now. And they need to, they need to prove to Luka that they will do whatever it takes to to keep trying and they tried this before by giving up a swap and, and going and getting Grant Williams who God that deal blew up in their face quick. You wouldn't want to go out and get like Daniel House like the Detroit Pistons did, which was to be determined draft compensation. Also he's been he's been released. Or he's been uh, uh thirty years old. That was a yeah. that was a luxury tax move. But none of those other moves Really made sense. Marcus Morris, old, don't want him. Doesn't fit timeline. Doesn't really Royce change O'Neal. what you do. Like none of these things. None of these guys. So if you were Portland, look at what was out there. Not much. And really, all the moves that were made, with the exception of the PJ Washington one and maybe the Gordon Hayward one, it's the shuffling of deck chairs. They were to get other teams under the luxury tax, mm-hmm. and moves on the margins, moves on the periphery. Teams that are rebuilding, it was getting their books right. That's they don't, really what it was. They, they, teams, and that's what Portland yeah. did with getting the 14th player. Mm-hmm. Is essentially you just said, all right. And the Pistons decided good. after investing a thousand minutes in a Killian Hayes and keeping Jaden Ivey off the floor that they are just going to outright wave Killian Hayes. Which question? Yikes! Question? Yes, sir. Who the hell plays tonight for the Detroit Pistons? I, actually, that was the next thing I was going to look at. They, they are in Portland tonight, and they traded four guys. Mm-hmm. And they traded guys yesterday too. <laughs> well, no, and, no, four. To- I think yeah. with yesterday's with yesterday's moves, they traded four guys. Anybody that they traded for yesterday or today, obviously not going to be in the lineup tonight. I mean, you, the guys you that they did trade, nope. if they passed a physical, they could go tonight. I think I saw Casey Holdall earlier say that the Pistons have nine guys and two two-way guys. 
You know what? I'm going. I'm going to this game. Me and my buddy Matt are going to this game. I. <laughs> By the way, Cade Cunningham is day to day. Hey, look! You get Jay Nivey, Sure Thompson. Did, did you and see what the Pistons did last night? No. They they absolutely blew the doors off the Kings in the fourth I, I quarter. Did, and I actually one. did see that. Jay Nivey had nineteen in the fourth. Seventh, their seventh win of the year. Yeah, the, you are going to get like, and that's the thing. You might get the inspired young kids. You fight just tonight. you just get kids for forty eight minutes. Yeah. And I'm I'm actually excited to go I'm, to this game I'm now. I'm bummed that Cade's not going to play because you know we don't we only they only come once a year and last year he was hurt so that's right <clears throat> yeah that's right I'm I bummed. just want that one to I'm, sneak up on people I'm there. I'm bummed Cade's not playing. But they will not have Isaiah Stewart, uh, Quentin Grimes, who they acquired, obviously not going to play. Archie Diakono might might Troy hop on Brown. a plane and be back in Portland again. Former Blazer, great, and continue to not score at all this season. Twenty straight games without scoring. What a what an amazing stat! Line. Look, if you saw NBA his NBA record, if you saw the scars on his back from his back surgery, you'd be like, "How are you walking? Let alone playing an NBA game?" Carrying so, Villanova, right? He's he's he was he was a vibes guy there. That's what he was, and I mean, he's, Arch is a great dude. He's awesome. It's up there with the Ish Smith All Stars. Handsome man. Mm-hmm. Handsome Ca- man too. Catch the check. Lovely hair. Yeah. Lovely hair. I don't think he's going to like Detroit. I don't think so either. Actually, Detroit's on the come up. They've done a decent job with the, the city of Detroit. They will tell you this. They've cleaned it up. The best media room food in sports. Is it Little Caesars? They, it, it, they have Little pizza, Caesars, pizza. but they Crazy also pizza. have a a uh, like a order-to-go order grill. Oh, look at that. Like it's, wow. Yeah. They take care of you there. For all eight people going to cover those games, nah, man. People distance. people make that trip because it's that's on the way to Chicago or Cleveland or literally anywhere else. All right, uh, let's talk about the other moves. The Blazers are. Are you disappointed with the lack of activity, not just today, but leading up to this deadline by Portland? And what the rest of the Portland uh, or what the rest of the NBA did? A lot of moves. None of them really game changers. But who improved the most? Danny Dusty. Here's Rust with SportsCenter. It's a Super Week edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by George McCoy at WarrenAllen.com. On 1080 The Fan. How do you feel about this Blazers lack of action at the deadline? Expected. Uh, the way I look at it, there was nothing they were going to do at the deadline. Look at the moves that were made around the league. There was nothing that they were going to do that would have made them better, either r- really and in, in, truthfully this year or in the near future. And not even, it's not about better, it's about making more sense going forward. And I think that's always got to be the goal. And for everybody, it's like, they have to trade Malcolm Brogdon. How dare they not have Malcolm Brogdon? You're angry look, pounding look at, on look, the desk. I just, broke the uh, mic. Broke my microphone. I wasn't, I wasn't even pounding that hard. <laughs> that was kind of impressive. Um, we know what that. Yeah, go ahead. Do yeah, that. Yeah. Yep. You were saying? Uh, God, I, I just let him go, don't I? It's, it's unfortunate. But uh, the, the transactional stuff of like... Uh, 
shout out Eric Gunderson, who's like, thank God we don't have to hear about Quentin Grimes being a trailblazer anymore because I was like, Quentin Grimes wasn't this like can't miss thing. The Knicks have been shopping him since the beginning of the season. Like this, like this FOMO over like trade slop is just one of those things that I'm just like. Well, Guys, it's okay. Like, Quentin Grimes is not playing on his own team because he's lesser Josh Hart. The Knicks are like, we have Josh Hart at home. And they were, they had the better version of him. Like, he's a six foot four guard who's kind of a forward who can kind of shoot, who has, who does some other stuff and is a solid defender. But it's like, we just got done doing the Josh Hart experience and we loved Josh yeah. here. But what was the issue? You couldn't play him alongside a smaller guard, and that was a Hall of Famer. So you want Quentin Grimes to balance out alongside Scoot Henderson? Like, that doesn't make any sense. I think there's a frustration with fans, though, that see continually guys like Danny Ainge who will revamp their roster time and time again. You and I were talking about this in the break. Like, Ochai Ajabi goes... To and they trade him two years after drafting him. Yeah, right? I mean, Oach was a guy who came over in the the marketing deal, and and you look at like that part of it, and they're just like, mm. and Oach is a guy who uh, he's basically a finished product, but he's just like a reliable, solid NBA player. And the and the Jazz are like, cool, reliable, solid NBA players are fine, um, but we'd rather have the mystery box. And that's how Danny Ainge operates. Is like we like mystery boxes, and they got a. 2024 first round pick that is the least favorable mm-hmm. of the Oklahoma City Clippers, Houston, and Utah picks. Which you're talking about a pick that's going to be 20. Wait, and Utah in their own pick? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the least favorable yeah. of their own pick? Yeah, I think theirs got put in another deal. So wait, for, I think this is for <laughs> Derek Favors. What if their pick is the least favorable? <laughs> Well, then it, then they just they'd have traded for pick. their own pick back. Yeah, so they gave up Oach for a lotto pick, but that's what won't happen. Well, no, it, the least favorable would mean that it'd be non-lottery. That's what I'm saying. It's, yeah, it's saying if it was if theirs was the least favorable, yeah, it would be a lotto pick. But it's because they're bad. That's what I'm saying. But I believe that pick itself originated from the Derek Favors buyout deal, or as part of the package they I sent him no to idea. get out, get, get off his money to the Thunder, which again, Sam Presti, that's what he did. Um, but yeah, like Ochai Abanji is not Malcolm Brogdon. Those are two very different players and two very different values in the league. And look, for all of the, um, well, the Blazers, if they Quentin Grimes is on the table, they should take it. No, they shouldn't have. And not in my opinion. I, I, I think that there's a better option this summer. Is there a risk in doing that because of the market shifting? Yes. But everything that happened really today was in line with what I heard for weeks and we have talked about for so long in that it was shuffling of deck chairs and nothing serious happened because all of the big transactions are slated to happen this summer. And to reframe what we've been talking about leading up to this and the important things that you need to note – this offseason, League New Year starts, new CBA is in place. It is more punitive uh, towards teams that are in the luxury tax and over the luxury tax threshold. So what you saw was a lot of teams, Philadelphia did this today and with their Daniel House trade to the uh, Detroit Pistons. They made that move to clear $8.3 million to avoid being in the apron so they don't get hit with the big luxury tax. Mm-hmm. A lot of what the moves were made today was to do that. Is Portland in that uh, problem? Do they have that problem? No. Were they going to get a piece that makes 
them better from another team? Because think about that. The teams that are doing this are the contenders. Yep. What Philly gave up was Daniel House. Okay, mm-hmm. James that, Springer and Pat Bev. Those are the types of players. But they ended up bringing in a Buddy Heald. Sure, but they they yeah. sent out they sent out Marcus Morris three basically for one. Cork Maz, and so they were saying, all right, if we want to go ahead and and bring in a guy like a Buddy Heald, but we don't want to be absolutely bludgeoned by the new CBA when it kicks in. Well, guess what we're going to have to do? Package up some contracts with some players. And Korkmaz is a guy who, hilariously, has requested a trade, I think, two times publicly over the last two years. Firkin Korkmaz is the level of player that I want asking for trades publicly. That's what I'm talking about. You were just waiting to see how I said Firkin, huh? Mm -hmm. Sounds like a curse word. Mm -hmm. He's awesome. Firkin (laughs) Korkmaz. He does. It's great. (laughs) Quit Firkin around. Yeah, yeah. His his uh, basketball reference nickname should be Awesome. Firkin' Awesome Corkmaz. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but these are where a lot of these trades lived and why teams were operating this way, why it was not as active. Oh, his official nicknames? We have to derail for a second. Yeah. Firky, <laughs> Turkish Delight, and Goatmaz. <laughs> God, I love basketball reference. Those are all horrible they're for that guy. So terrible, but they're so great. Turkish delight. Turkish like delight's that. a great one. I like that. I like that one. But uh I think that there there really are I think two teams did get better. I think one you can make the case if they get healthy, got better. I think Dallas, with the addition of uh, PJ Washington, I think that they get better. And I think that they are you feeling that pressure and feeling that heat, which they're in a window. You go and you make a move. They had to give up a first round pick for that. Go ahead. And here's the other thing. We've been we've been framing all of this trade deadline talk with this too. Do the Blazers want to pick up more draft picks? No. They no. don't. Because how many guys do they have in their first or second year on their roster? In, in the Nine. NBA? Nine. Nine. And they so, have their own draft pick. The the uh, draft pick from the uh, Golden State Warriors and their second. This They're year, looking so. for vets, guys in the front court, and, and by veterans, that, not thirty year old veterans. They want twenty three to twenty six year old. Like they don't want kids. Guys who have been in the league for three to on the, four on years, their second contract five is years. basically what they're looking at. Like they're, they pass the early development cycle. And what happens is, and we know this, especially with how everybody reshuffled those duck deck chairs, right? What we see is teams are going to say, we make the run now. We are okay in in the cap heading into the new league year. Malcolm Brogdon has a $22.5 million expiring deal next year. That becomes attractive. This is where you go. This is If you are begging for picks, you're not ready for the rebuild and you weren't ready for the rebuild. (laughs) That's the thing is, remember, I kind of joked, like, this – Fan base isn't ready for this. You're not if even you're not ready for this yet. this in season trade deadline. Mm-hmm. There was nothing that they were going to do that changed their future. Now, I will say just as I said about last year, they made the Dame move and they said, mm, "Reset, we're going nuclear." This offseason is where you start need to start making those moves to get those vets in because then at that point, you, this is year three. 
this is real. It truly is year three. We've shut Dame down two years in a row. This year is full on rebuild mode with new, uh, uh, fresh, clean slate. Next year, you are going to be entering year four. Essentially, you need to start making moves that make sense for winning basketball games, and that is that is where I I I'm sitting right now. Is like. Starting to get a little antsy, but this wasn't the this no, wasn't the no, deadline this, this that they were going to exponentially the, is the improve. First time you're going to really see the impact of stuff, and if they come out of this summer without making some impact moves or things that kind of help push the minecart a little bit down the tracks, then I'm going to start raising eyebrows. Uh, we do have a little bit of news. Scoot Henderson and DeAndre Ayton have both been added to today's injury report against the Detroit Pistons. Great. Scoot Henderson has, has a uh, foot contusion. That would explain, uh, if you missed it, uh, Ashton Hagens from the uh, Rip City Remix was called up on a 10-day contract. He's the starting point guard for the Remix. Uh, he was not needed to get to the minimum roster requirement. He was called up because Scoot Henderson might not play tonight, and without Shaden Sharp, you need an additional ball handler. Okay. So, yay. All right. So the, the game of who is and who isn't available tonight against the uh, Detroit Pistons is is a fun one. Um, Jeremy Grant also listed on the injury report, but he is probable. So there's a little bit of a change there with his back. Um, so little 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 mild updates, news, notes, All right. uh, as it were, for any of those heading to the game tonight. Well, you got... Dallas, they improved. Milwaukee, I think they they did improve as well. I think they well. helped themselves by adding Pat Bev. Pat Beverly in the backcourt. They did deal Robin Lopez, who was prompt is promptly going to be bought out by mm-hmm. the Sacramento Kings. There's a lot of vets on the buyout market. Spencer Dinwiddie, after being traded from the Nets to the Raptors, is being bought out. It is thought that the Lakers are going to pursue him, which and then okay. you, good luck, Lakers. The Lakers are. The Lakers really are poorly run, and we don't talk about that. They're and when LeBron leaves next year, they're going to be a mess. Mm-hmm. But they'll—they're the Lakers, and they'll stumble face first into another generational star because that's what they do. Oh God, people need to stop that. Well, and then there's one team that if if you if they get healthy and get right, I think the 76ers. If you do get Joel Embiid at the end of the year, Buddy Heald, he adds a lot, man. He adds a lot to. He's a guy that you cannot leave. <laughs> anywhere on the perimeter and that they got a dead eye shooter. So, but it all hinges on Embiid getting healthy because if Embiid's not healthy, it doesn't mean anything. It means nothing. They tried to do enough to try to support right. the undercroft as it were before uh Joel comes back. All right, we've got to we will get to a little bit later in the show. Damian Lillard needs to make friends real quick and it appears that they already have. Uh but coming up next, if somehow some way Jackson Smith in Jigba's career gets derailed as a receiver. He's going to make a mighty fine bus driver. Next on The Fan. It's a super week edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by George McCoy at WarrenAllen.com. Brass on 1080 monkey, The Fan. Super Bowl week is where all players, media, everybody in the NFL orbit comes together. And right now they're all in Las Vegas, Nevada. And every year there's one player that makes headlines for stepping in it one way or the other. Luckily for Seahawks fans, it is not legally. And luckily for Seahawks fans, it is not with a coach currently on his staff. Yeah. But Jackson Smith and Jigba... Uh, has driven the bus right over his former offensive coordinator, Shane Waldron, during an interview on Radio Row during Super Bowl week. 
Bears fans are super interested about the offensive coordinator coming in, Shane Waldron. What can you tell them about who they just hired to, to uh, try to get this offense where it needs to go? Um, uh, uh, oh. this, is, this is live? Yeah. <laughs> We're not live. We're not live. I'm playing. Um, <laughs> uh, good luck to y'all. I mean, he, he's, a, he's a great person. What makes it better is the look on his face. Exactly what you're saying. His eyes are as big as saucers. He's like, "Good luck." He went on a little bit further to say, like, I, you know, he'll work well with Justin Fields, and uh, they'll be good. Jackson Smith and Jigba, no fan of Shane Waldron. Mm. He is not a fan of Shane Waldron whatsoever. And that was abundantly clear. Where did he go to school? Ohio State. Who did he play with? Uh, C.J. Stroud. Okay. Just kind of wondering. Just, you know, Ohio State quarterbacks and how those things will work for things and, and which, which quarterback's actually going to be, he, who he's actually going to be useful for. If he couldn't work with a guy like Njigba, who has worked with good quarterbacks, struggling to see how Waldron's going to work with a guy who's wildly inconsistent. I yeah I don't know I I I am really I'm trying to find out what ex I, I really do wonder what his issue with Shane Waldron was because it's obviously not just starting with he had one year with him mm -hmm. and they they started getting him going as the season was going on this has got to be what he's heard from his vets in I mean, planting the seed from DK, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett yeah. and what those guys actually th thought of Shane Waldron as a play caller, because after one year in the league, he's just going to be like, I don't, I don't, I I'm going to go off of what these, these vets are saying. And when the, Pete Carroll moves on and Shane Waldron leaves, it's probably been hallelujah from DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Mm -hmm. But you don't know who's going to be your OC coming back. And, I mean, it's not like Smith and Jibba had a terrible year. No. But I would. I wonder if, like you talk about with, with, with the, the vets of the locker room, I mean, DK did have a down year, and there was plenty of frustrations there. And Of I course, would, he's a diva receiver. He is. I mean, I mean, I mean it's one and the same. Yeah, he's a, he is a, but no, they're not one and the same. He is a diva receiver. Like, he is a wide receiver that... He is the powder. He is the guy that give all the other receivers the diva receiver label. That's DK Metcalf because he's vocal about it. He is boisterous about it, and he lets everybody know that want, that wants to listen. There is a big difference between him and every other receiver in the league. There's very few guys like DK Metcalf in the way he operates in his... Justin Jefferson, Stephon Diggs. I, mean, I think of, of the great receivers in the NFL, Chase is probably the only one who's not. And even then, he was saying, throw me the damn ball and I'm always open. Well, yeah, because they are. But to my point, like I feel like most of the wide receivers... Mike Evans is probably the only guy of the, the great wide receivers who's not that. Any of the 49ers? Uh, I'd say Debo's up there. When? What do you mean when? <laughs> when has he been like that? Ayuk was like that all year last year. No. Yes. Remember no. The, remember there was a whole thing to start the season between him and Shanahan. No. No, 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 no. Their frustrations look, and being a diva look, are two completely different for certainly, things. But most <laughs> of these, completely different most of things. these guys are. But every single player in the NFL is like that. 
every single but player. But you, you're in the right. NFL you're right like when that. you say DK is on another level. He is on the Justin Jefferson, Stephon Diggs level. Absolutely, of absolutely, yes. for sure. Hey, Stephon Diggs may be on his own planet in that regard, because <laughs> Stephon Diggs can get more targets than anybody else and in the still NFL. Still complain, and he will. He will 100 yeah. percent complain at all times. But I, I think to to uh, Njigwa's point here, or at least the discussion about this is, it's it's at least interesting that he felt comfortable enough to throw him under the bus. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? So that, that leads me to believe that there's it's more than just like I don't really have an opinion on this, but here's. Here's a little something. Jackson Jackson Smith and Jigba had 90 targets in his rookie year. How many catches? Uh, 63. That's not bad. Yeah, not 63 bad. catches on 90 targets. It's the seventh most targets of any rookie in the NFL. So it makes you wonder if it was less about maybe some play calling and more about just not liking him? Or it, how pro- I think things. that that may be it because, I mean, you think of all the rookies. So the guys that were ahead of him, Puka Nakua, mm-hmm. obviously number one. And then Jigma in missed targets. a little bit of time too, didn't he? Uh, he played in 17 games. Okay. Um, you had, but it, it they, they took a long time to get maybe him. That, maybe that's really what it was. Rolling. It just took him a couple of games to kind of, kind had, of get him fine. And- Puka Nakua with, with 163, <laughs> and he was the go-to because Cooper Cup was injured yeah. at the beginning of the year. Rasheed Rice, who was the go-to receiver of the Kansas City Chiefs this year. And Patrick Mahomes. Zay Flowers in Baltimore, oh. who was the go-to receiver, especially when Mark Andrews went out. Jordan Addison, who was the go-to receiver once Justin Jefferson, Jefferson yep. got hurt. Jaden Reed in Green Bay. Which, which well, that was a late surprise. There, it was. It was a bit of a surprise there. And then Josh Downs in Indianapolis, who was their primary target. Jackson Smith and Jigba. Working as the, the number three. Yeah, he was like, I mean, but he was their number two. Two, two, two and a half? Yeah, but behind yeah. DK like He was the guy behind somebody who yeah. was that dude all season yes. long. So that's why I think it's coming from the vet. It, yeah. I think it's coming from DK and trickling on down <laughs> to Fair. Jackson Smith and Jigba. <laughs> I love this. Um, but way to go, bus driver. You're doing a great job. Nice job. You're doing a fantastic job, it was, bus The bus driver. wasn't fully loaded. All right. Uh, it was empty. It didn't have passengers in it. Can one 49er get the monkey off his back like Steve Young did? And it's not Brock Purdy. Next on The Fan. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.